Trials transform my mind Now in a lot of cases I see pain As a pleasantry Tender scenes watching fake love turn real hate These days I just pray Cause human ears are born biased anyway I won fights cause the battles I lost mentally Evil voices in my head pitching ideas With consistency Life and death in the tongue so I bite my bullet Everyone, We have another episode of Game Time Excellence Where we talk about your mission, mindset, mastery and maintenance And today we have another special guest uh, She would have made my life a lot easier when I was playing in the NFL uh, She's a massage therapist her grandpa used to call her uh, uh, a rabbit because she's into health and wellness. She loves carrots. She loves berries. She loves anything that's, that's healthy. Uh, her name is Michelle Rosin. And for the people that don't know who you are, that should know who you are, uh, can you tell them a little bit about yourself? Hi, everyone. Um, I am a massage therapist. I have been doing massage since I was a child. Um, my dad used to pay me a dollar a minute growing up and I used to think I was rich after five minutes and throughout the years I was an athlete I played water polo in high school and college and I had lots of injuries and eventually I became a massage therapist oh nice nice no, I love it and it's, it's so funny when I so I have a seven-year-old daughter I give her you know money for a little task that she does around the house and, uh, you know, she comes to me like, look, Daddy, look at all the money I have. And she has like, you know, $10 or whatever. And so uh, to a kid, you know, $5 is, is a lot of money. And um, that's awesome. So uh, your mission now, you know, from, from getting into massage therapy uh, from, an early on, from an early age when you were doing your dad and, and all that. But what uh, kind of drove you from that point forward? Um, maybe, uh, when I was in college, my dad was diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease, also known as ALS, and it's the deterioration of your muscles. And I used to massage him whenever I saw him like at water polo games or on breaks. Cause I didn't live at home at the time. And he probably motivated me more so just in getting into the health and wellness sector and, like I actually wanted to be a fashion designer um, mm. my whole life. And I did after college, but probably my dad motivated me just to stay on the health side of things and mm. just myself getting injured and hurting myself playing water polo or whatever sport I was doing, I was always hurting myself. So it made sense that I fell into massage. Mm-hmm. And I had a great mentor who was my massage therapist. So she taught me a lot. And eventually I went to massage school and learned everything else. Oh, nice, nice. And um, uh, as far as water polo, I just want to touch on that real quick. Uh, uh, What got you into that? Um, So one of my close friends in high school, he played water polo and... I like transferred schools when I was in high school, my freshman year. And when I came back, I didn't have friends at the school I was at. And he was in my biology class and he, we became like good buddies. And he's like, well, you need to get involved in this to a sport and you should play water polo because you like the water. And at the time, like I was a bodyboarder Mm -hmm. similar to surfing 
And so he said, if you like water polo, you can't quit. And if you quit, we won't be friends. So (laughs) he got me into water polo and he was a goalie too. I was a goalie. And I guess that's what got me into water polo. (laughs) I got you. So he basically threatened you. Under friendship. And I was like, no, like he's my only good friend at this school right now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we, we still talk every now and then and um yeah no that's good that's good um that's cool you guys still talk i mean i don't have too many um um friends from high school that i that i still talk to so um, that's always uh, a cool thing and you know so after you got done with water polo um you you got mentored by your massage therapist that you had in college and then um, how'd you get started? Like, how was, like, what was the, the start like for you at the, after um, that? so I was a bodyboarder as a child and oh, no. what sport. is a bodyboarder? Bodyboarder is like surfing, but it's on a foam board or people call it boogie boarding. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So as a child, you boogie board. So it's easy to get into a wave on this like foam board and it usually, comes up just above your hips and you lay on it right so you mm-hmm. swim into the wave so it's kind of like surfing but it's not it's on a different board mm-hmm. so um i reached out to uh the guy that ran the u.s bodyboarding like mm-hmm. association okay so i started doing massage for the u.s tour mm-hmm. and eventually i started doing massage for the world tour bodyboarding mm-hmm. so i travel all over the world and massage on beaches oh nice the beach picture so yeah that was really nice <laughs> um at the beginning of it i did massage for the tour but i also on the side like little side hustle i was a surf photographer and a magazine editor for a bodyboarding magazine that mm-hmm. was like it was based in australia but i was a u.s editor mm-hmm. so i was like really into the creative side and makes sense i was an art major in school so um i guess i was using my degree at the time so i was doing massage and photography and writing oh okay okay and so when did you you said what that's how i got into massage okay so like when did you go like full-on massage only um it was probably like after tour. So I probably did that for like five years, I think. Mm-hmm. And then while I was home at one point during touring, it was probably like this second to last year I was done touring. Mm-hmm. I started going to massage school mm-hmm. and because to legally work in like a spa or wherever you want to work, you need your license. Mm-hmm. But my mentor, she had already taught me everything so I just felt like I needed a license you know just to save my butt in case anything happened down the line Mm -hmm. so I went to massage school and while I was finishing that I started working at an NFL training facility um, nearby and then when I finished school I stopped touring eventually and I started working at a drug and alcoholic treatment addiction center Mm -hmm. and I did that for like six or seven years Mm -hmm. 
And while I was there, I started building my own business. So most of my clientele is like NFL, NBA, Mm -hmm. and then other sports as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also work with a long list of clients in the entertainment, entertainment and music industry. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's pretty interesting. You got like all types of, you know, you got an NFL body that's way different than a NBA body. And then actors and, you know, and entertainment is like way different than sports body. So, uh, you know, just random question, which one, I guess, kind of gives you the most difficulty, you know, when you're, when you're, uh, working on their body. Um, I, I don't know. So like an, like a defensive lineman's body Mm -hmm. is way bigger than my body. Right. Right. But I like working with athletes Mm -hmm. or any type of athlete, whether you're a dancer, you know, Mm -hmm. or someone who does sport and because the muscle structure is visible. Mm -hmm. right you get it Mm -hmm. so I think the hardest body to work on is someone who doesn't have that muscle structure Mm -hmm. maybe someone who has like less body fat it's Mm -hmm. easier physically for me but sometimes I feel like well what am I doing this for (laughs) you know like as an athlete myself Mm -hmm. I would always go get massage to make me feel better not Mm -hmm. so much like use it as a luxury. Right, right. Whereas some people like it as this luxury self-care tool. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if uh, that answers your question. No, it does. It does. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. And um, so along your journey, we kind of like touched over it like, oh yeah, it was the smooth like route to get to where you are right now. But, um, you know, what were some of the, you know, the struggles and that you've been through and then like, kind of like, uh, you know, the, the mindset you need to have to kind of get to get to a place where you're like, Oh man, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Like this, I'm okay in the industry. I feel like I've uh, made it now. Um, okay. That's a loaded question. <laughs> well, so before I did massage, when I was still in college, I did a fundraiser for ALS mm-hmm. and you know, like the Lance Armstrong wristbands, the live strong mm-hmm. ones. So I made some, that were red and they said, never give up. Mm-hmm. And it was a fundraiser for the ALS association. This was after my dad passed and I raised over $6 million by selling over a million wristbands. And I thought I was going to be a fundraiser. Like right, right. That's what I thought, like, this is a passion of mine. And it was a way for me to heal like and grieve and, go through that transition in my life after Mm -hmm. my dad. And I thought that's what I was going to do. And then eventually after school, I moved to New York to be a fashion designer for Mm -hmm. my aunt's company. Mm -hmm. And I came home. It wasn't just like a smooth ride going into massage. And Mm -hmm. eventually I fell into massage maybe like a year after I graduated Mm -hmm. or so. And now I lost my train of thought. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, I got into massage and it was always like a hustle, but I liked the hustle. Mm. And I think it was like working in New York 
doing fashion was a hustle. Like it was like 12, 14 hour days sometimes. And I was always busy doing something. Mm -hmm. But while doing it, like I made my aunt wake up at four in the morning and we drive to the gym and then we go to work for the day and then come home and I go back to the gym because I still had that like athlete mindset. Like Mm. I need to work out. Like, I feel like when you transition out of sport, you don't, a lot of people kind of get lost. You don't Mm. really know what your purpose is. And I think like my purpose was just like helping people and like the wellness side was always there. Like I always wanted to work out. I always wanted to eat clean. And mm-hmm. I think, does that answer your question? Yeah. So do you, do you think like you being an athlete helped build your mindset into dealing with um, adversity in life? Oh yeah, definitely. And I think, mm-hmm. I guess it goes back to like my wristband campaign. The wristband said, never give up on them. Okay, and yeah. that's kind of always been my motto. And I always wanted just, I don't know. I felt like I wanted to be the best in mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not trying to compete against another therapist, but I was competing with myself. Right, right. Like yeah. even as a swimmer, you kind of compete against yourself or mm-hmm. you're competing like against another swimmer, but mm-hmm. there was no one to compete against. Like this is my company and no one works for me. So mm-hmm. I just have to be the best in in me i guess right, I'm right. The best version of myself every day yeah no i definitely agree with that and you know that's something that you know i take from sports myself is you know how can i get one percent better each and every day and if i do that i will be in a better place you know at the end of this year and then next year and then going forward you know i think uh early on when i stopped uh playing football and got into motivational speaking i would like man compare myself to to this speaker and he speaks this way I got to speak this way and then you know and trying to find myself and now it's more so how can I be better than my last speech and how can I be better than the last time I coached someone and going forward right. from there and so that's kind of where I hear from you and and, and uh I think we have something in common too we talked before about this is you know my mom passed away from cancer mm-hmm. and in the beginning something that I struggled with was I was the rock I was like super strong everything's gonna be okay you know didn't really cry but then i noticed it those feelings of trying to be the rock uh a year later kind of came up and i'm like man i'm i'm hurting i'm crying and and i needed to do that um how was that if you want to talk about but how was that that process like for you um going forward i think i was the same i was that rock and um my dad couldn't speak Mm. and he lost his voice within months after his diagnosis so he was diagnosed in i think it was april of 2002 Mm -hmm. um my parents told us the day of one of my cousins bought mitzvahs so like we were like what is ALS? Right, right. Well, kids, go on Google. Mm-hmm. It's a death sentence. Mm. So how are you going to a bar mitzvah? Like, <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. So like, 
to find out the way we did, I mean, my mom and dad knew, but we were still children. Like mm. my youngest brother, when my dad passed, he was 13. Oh, wow. And my other brother, how old was he? 15 or 16. Mm -hmm. And I was 19. But my brothers were at home and I was away at school. Right. So I coped with it by going to therapy. Because mm -hmm. I didn't want to be a burden to my family. I didn't know how to feel like this way about my dad. And I had a therapist for three years when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And did she help? I think she helped me. Mm -hmm. Because I know some of my family that didn't speak to people. Mm -hmm. you know? yeah. And I mean, everyone deals with mental health in their own way. You can't mm -hmm. put something on someone. Um, but I did that. And I think my wristband project after my dad passed, that was like, definitely therapy for me mm. I would sit and I'd get hundreds and thousands of letters handwritten letters because this was before social media so mm. the only thing I had was MySpace right right and <laughs> that's I sold a lot of stuff through MySpace I met people through MySpace I met the world tour bodyboarder like guy that ran um the tour through MySpace mm. and yeah. I mean, that was the only social media we had then. Right. And, but I think like my own therapy treatment, like with my psychologist, but also interacting with people who are living with the disease mm -hmm. or um, a family that I still speak to um, communicated through email and through handwritten letters. Mm -hmm. And this woman's husband had ALS. Her son played basketball in college. We still follow each other. Like we're still in each other's lives. We don't chat every day like right. we used to, but I think speaking to someone was mm. the best therapy treatment. Right. Not right. for a psychologist. Like if I spoke to my friends, they didn't understand what I was going through. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people when when they don't understand, they kind of they, they they say yeah a lot or they say oh yeah i understand but they right. really don't understand and you know they're, and they're doing the best that they can so that's not knocking any friend that, that tries to be there but um there's nothing like um you know talking to another individual who's kind of going through the same thing and who has been through it and so that's really cool that you were able to do that and and go to therapy too like noticing like oh man maybe i should like go to therapy and, and talk to someone um i i, I actually have a, a therapist um uh, appointment set up january 28th because my goal this year i mean i've been to therapy before just i, I kind of call it a prehab instead of rehab you know what i mean so just kind of like a little maintenance for myself that's what i call my massage practice prehab <laughs> yeah exactly you know and, and um a lot of times people wait just like with therapy a lot of times people for massage therapy they wait until something major happens like mm -hmm. a rotator cuff or some knees or whatever to go instead of getting the prehab so you don't have to to rehab um, right and that's the way like i guess i deal with my i don't deal with but like i try and teach my clients it's best to get massage before you get hurt mm. 
And a lot of my clients during their season, they get hurt and then Mm. they fall off the consistent maintenance with massage Mm. and they remain hurt. I have clients who have the same issues over the years because they stop getting treatment when they're actually hurt. Right. So it's, yeah. What, what age, yeah. What age would you recommend, you know, you start, like if I was a a young athlete, um, what age would you recommend me to start getting some type of massage therapy? I guess it depends on how much money you've got. Right. 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 I mean, let's just take out money. Like say we can take out money. So I, I have a client who I've been working on since they were 12 years old. Oh, wow. And now they play overseas. Mm-hmm. And I mean, but that's no budget, right? Right, right. No so, budget, yeah. But there's things that a child can still do to mm-hmm. help themselves, like foam roll and stretch and do yoga and cross train. Like, don't just train the same muscles every day. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, that's so huge right there. Yeah, I feel like okay, you want your kid to play basketball. So go play basketball, let him have a passion in basketball, but like also teach him some other sports. So mm-hmm. it's not going to burn out. Mm-hmm. You don't want the kid to burn out. It might not be his favorite sport. It might be yours. Mm-hmm. So right, right. I tried all these different sports growing up. I had injuries in almost every single one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no. my body, I mean, but my body's been through a ringer. Mm-hmm. Most athletes' bodies, you've hurt something at some point. Right, life. definitely. Yeah. So, but there's things that children can do to, a kid doesn't need a deep tissue massage necessarily. Mm-hmm. Right. But if that kid is training like a professional athlete, mm-hmm. you need to treat his body like a professional athlete mm-hmm. too. Yeah, no, that's 100%. And yeah. And I think like, keep going. sorry, yeah, I, keep think going. The, I think the parents like, nowadays they treat their children as professional athletes a lot of them at least where i live Mm -hmm. and there's training facilities all over the place out in la Mm -hmm. so and the kids train with the best trainers so i don't know (laughs) yeah do you you not think uh i mean from what i've seen i've seen a lot of uh, kids get treated like professional athletes from the standpoint of their training just like you said but they don't uh, treat their bodies like professional athletes, like they should. Um, well, even some professional athletes don't treat them. Yes, yeah, that's, that's true too. Well. I know guys that never had a massage and they've been in the league for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't understand that one. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you need to tell them to get on get on the page. Um, and so how many times a week would you recommend as far as like a, a high school kid or a professional athlete? Um, again, you know, obviously if you can afford it, but, uh, how many times a week would, uh, you, you recommend for an athlete or, um, to get a massage? I mean, if money's not an an issue there, Mm -hmm. I'll do once or twice a week. Okay. But I guess it depends on how much training you do. Mm -hmm. Like anyone in, at a professional level, I'd say once a week. Mm -hmm. Okay. Some of my guys are twice a week. Right. So my NBA guys, I had three, four times a week, mm-hmm. but I mean, they're also getting paid the big bucks. So, right. right. 
But like you said, though, you can get a massage and then do foam rolling, um, right. uh, maybe some tennis balls, lacrosse balls, all that type of stuff right there. Yeah. Uh, do you and notice? I, what were you about to say? I teach my guys like other ways to help themselves if my hands aren't available, you know? Mm. Yeah. What are some other ways? I mean, I like using, I like these little uh, rubber balls. They're mm. from Yoga Tune-Up. They're tune-up mm. balls and they're mm. kind of like uh, racket balls, but a little squishier. Mm. And I like to roll on them. Okay. And I, I show them different ways to roll on these little tiny balls. Mm. And you can get into some pressure points. And I also like to like put them back uh, like where your rhomboid is and just like mm. stretch into it. Mm, okay. I show them stretches. Mm. Um, I also have my yoga cert, so mm. I've done yoga since I was young. So mm. I'm always stretching. Mm -hmm. um, during COVID, like I've been doing lots of stretch sessions, mm -hmm. and that's been helping a lot. And it's when my guys were in the bubble, we were doing stretch sessions, and mm. you don't have a massage therapist. Okay, let's stretch it out. <laughs> right, right, right. And so do you think stretching is just as important as, as massaging as well? Yeah, because you only have one body. Right. And you want it to be mobile and flexible, especially as you get older. Mm. And some guys are stiff as a board. Yeah, I, I can I can raise my hand to, to that one right there. I've been so I've been stretching. I made a goal for myself this year to to do the splits. So do the front splits and the side splits. And yes. um I've been doing I've been stretching every day for a month now. Um not a month, but it's twenty I've been twenty days in so far. And That's even great. so like last night I was like, Man, I really don't want to stretch. I was just stretch in the morning. I just went ahead and, and did it. So I've been like pushing myself past the, you know, I call it like the fight through stage. You know, uh, when we when you start a habit, you're like extra happy to, to to be doing it, and then like you get two weeks, three weeks in, you're like, I really don't want to do this anymore. And so I kind of been like pushing myself past. Oh, whoa! Yeah, going. I mean, we all kind of fall off. I fall off sometimes, mm -hmm. and it's just normal. You just have to do something to be active every day. Yeah, yeah, um, and and so. You kind of, so you went, so now you, you started off with, uh, uh, touring, massaging, and then, uh, you built your way up into being in the NFL, NBA, having clients, uh, in the entertainment industry. Um, as far as, have you ever had to like travel, um, for massage outside of like the touring that you did in the beginning? Yeah, that's my favorite actually. Um, really? I traveled a lot mm -hmm. with or to my clients. Um, a couple of years ago, I was in like pre COVID, I was gone almost every month, mm. usually in New York or Miami, mm. um, New Orleans. Mm -hmm. yeah, I've been all over the place. Mm. Um, I work, I was in Italy, like a couple of years ago, I was in New York and Italy for fashion week. Mm -hmm. Um, that trip, I was gone for like a month. Oh, wow. It was wild. Yeah. It was fun. Um, and yeah, I'm fortunate that I can, that I do what I love to do. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like it's work. Right, so, right. Because I'm helping people and I'm right. like, I love to travel. So mm -hmm. when COVID is over, 
you bet I'm on a plane somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like, you know, a lot of people are in that mode, like, man, I, I really want to get back to, to normal. And, and you know, speaking of COVID, how has uh, COVID impacted you uh, in the past, in the past year? It's been a little rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Massage was locked down right. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And lots of stretch sessions and I guess therapy sessions on right. FaceTime. I got so you. it is what it is. Right, right, right. Ready to get back to normal life. Right. The bubble, I guess. I guess we're all in a bubble. Yeah. And, and I think uh, California is on, on a pretty, is, is it still on a pretty strict lockdown? Um, I think so. I'm okay. not really paying attention to the news anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just turn it off. You, it's, it's, yeah, I feel you on that. Um, no, that's uh, and 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 I like to ask all my all my guests. You know, uh, what what is what do you think the meaning of life is for you? I just I try and be happy every day. Do something that makes me happy and bring me brings me joy. And I like to feel like light and I guess clarity every day mm. I just like to be happy mm-hmm. really yeah even if I'm sitting at home watching tv all day like find something that makes you smile and laugh and and I guess the re- I really like to help people so mm. if I can help someone every day then I know I'm doing a good job mm. I got you know so so have you ever uh uh the the five love languages um, i actually have that book have you ever read it i started reading it and then i got another book and it's reading that and I, it I got you <laughs> but no i'll find it <laughs> in a box somewhere i got you oh yeah so you definitely haven't finished reading it then no um so uh what what you said made me think of like the love language as far as like acts acts of service um and so you know, that, that sounds like it fills your cup up. And mm-hmm. um, if you had, you know, any superpower, you know, uh, what, what superpower would you would you want to have? I'd probably um, to go back in time. Like, do you ever see that movie Jumper? Mm-hmm. I want to go back in time, like going back in different eras and see what the world was like at different points in life. Right, right. Okay. In past life. I want to yeah, see yeah. what past life looked like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that would be crazy. Um, but it's similar to like, um, I might study to be a clairvoyant, someone mm-hmm. who's to the other side. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe that's that was in my past life anyway. Oh, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. Well, well uh, when you get uh, certified to do that, maybe you'll be able to talk to your past Michelle and yeah, that'd be awesome. tell you no, that's dope that's dope um and you know I always like to ask you know my guests what's one thing that that you picked up on in your journey that can help others so this one tip that you can share that can uh that can help other others grow in their journey never give up on yourself never give up no, I love that um and that's the, that, shoot too many times you, we allow ourselves to get in our own head and and doubt ourselves and we get to that place of you know um, wanting to stop and you know that's that's an important message to to not to not stop and to never give up on yourself so i love that um well that was my last question 
That was my last question. Um, do you have anything else you want to share? No, this was awesome. Thank you for having me. Well, I, I was hoping you was about to give us like some insightful quote. You know, some insightful quote. Yeah, like an insightful quote. Be the change you wish to see in the world. Bam, that's what I'm talking about right there. <laughs> and I love that right there. Cause I always, I always in my podcast with a quote. So um, everyone, this was uh, Michelle. I really appreciate uh, you coming on and um, speaking with us. Um, I know I gained some value from this and I know uh, a lot of people will as well. So I really appreciate it. And um, everyone, this was another episode of Game Time Excellence where we talk about your mission, mindset, mastery and maintenance. Um, if you uh, like this, share with a friend. If you don't like this, still share with a friend because uh, they might like it as well. Um, don't trade what you want most for what you want in the moment. Do not trade what you want most for what you want in the moment. So y'all have a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you. Trials transform my mind. Now in a lot of cases, I see pain as a pleasantry. Tender scenes watching fake love turn real hate. These days I just pray because human ears are born biased anyway. I won fights because the battles I lost mentally. Evil voices in my head pitching ideas with consistency. Life and death in the tongue, so I bite my bullet. 